Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey, babes. Hey, cuties. It's Malls. Uh, I have the best guest ever today. I say this every episode, but I genuinely am an enthusiastic person. I hope that you guys know that about me. As much as I can rag on you for everything that's wrong with you, and there's so much wrong with you all, but I, uh, I really am an enthusiastic person. So every time I say this is an exciting episode, we have a great guest, I really mean it. I'm not bullshitting you. Today is a... Derek Waters, mm. my very me? special best friend. You want friend. me to come out of the cage right now? My best friend. And get friend. interviewed? Yeah, I don't want to like. Why don't I don't want to do the whole solo intro thing? I just want to get into it with you because I, I don't it. have to pretend that I, I like know you, even though I don't. That sometimes that happens to me here. Really? I know you. I know. I feel like I know you as well. I f- I feel like I know you. I know. Um, well, first of all, let's just start by saying thank you so much to Christina Lopez, who drove to the Santa Monica Pier at dawn Amen, uh, to buy you three different types of cotton candy. We do have a cotton candy hookup. Cotton candy is my favorite treat. It's your favorite food. And I want to know- Of all the food. Of all the food, you favorite love cotton vegetable. candy and you love snowballs. Cool. What's a snowball? <laughs> a snowball uh, out here is called shaved ice, but that ain't shit. Or was a snow cone, though? Then what's a snow cone? Uh, same thing, but oh. I call it a snowball. Oh, yeah. It's uh, softer ice, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. When I first, first like moved out here. Like um, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it I is like that. Like that. Uh, I used to have a snowball maker, and when I would get home set, my mom would send me out my favorite flavor, mm-hmm. uh, which was uh, uh, Fireball. Yeah, just cinnamon. cinnamon. Yeah, and she put it like in a gallon milk jug and send it out here. I remember this one time I went to pick it up at UPS and uh, I guess there were like some problems with it. Yeah. Shout and, out to uh, Jody Waters. That's my girl. My I love mama. her. Hey girl. And um, she, the UPS lady just handed me this red box, like ripping red box. <laughs> She's like, I think it spilled, but it looked exactly like, uh, you know, seven with Gwyneth Paltrow's head in there. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that Gwyneth Paltrow? Yeah. I asked you a really interesting flavor question last night when we were falling asleep. Do you remember what it was? It's my favorite thing to do before I fall asleep. I know. I'm like, babe, here's a really deep life question. Yeah, we got to talk about our favorite flavors think... before we go to bed. No, that's not what I said. I said, do you think that they started Blue Raspberry to differentiate the raspberry flavor from the other red flavors, cherry, strawberry, watermelon, etc. Which was or, which is a hint of how much fun we were having on Saturday night. Or, hey, I think we have fun. We do. I'm just trying to make a oh, joke we, here. Because we weren't like popping off at the club. I know, I know. I actually do kind of want to go to a club with you. I don't. But finish what you're... Why uh, don't you want to... Oh, I don't like that shit. I don't like it either, but I like going to things with you, and I feel like you and I would laugh really hard together in a nightclub. True. Like, we'd be like this is the most retarded ridiculous overpriced like insane thing i've ever done right. well we're we'll experience that at south by southwest which i want to talk about in a second because i feel like we're going to be put in some nightclub situations but i want to finish my important blue raspberry tear please which is that do we think blue raspberry came to fruition because they were like oh we need to differentiate raspberry from the other colors or was it like hey, we want to come up with a blue flavor. What would be blue? I guess raspberry. Because if you remember in the 90s, blue was kind of cool. Blue was very cool. It and was still very, to like, this day, blue is cool. Blue is a cool color. Yeah. But like I, well, when we saw, and all of this came to me because we were watching Better Call Saul and I saw some old woman eat a blue raspberry jello and I was really <laughs> upset by that because I don't like seeing old people. I feel like I cherish them too much to feed them processed foods. And when seeing like blue. When have you fed an old person recently? 
Not it's not very recently, but I do when I see. When have old, you fed an old my, person? My grandparents before they passed. You fed them? I'm a, yes, I was very very close with them. I know you can be close, but do you feed them? Oh yeah, I slept in bed with my nana. Like that's not yeah. feeding. You're sleeping. I there. was feeding. I was feeding, and also making food decisions. And one thing I never decided for my nana was, hey nana, let's put some blue raspberry jello in you. Yeah. I thought she was a. I mean, I think she, you know, old people are classy to me. I guess that's what it is. I feel like old people remind me of like the Titanic and like another a time before, and they're classy. Sinking, yeah. No, not the <laughs> sinking part. Um, but what is your theory of it? My the theory raspberry? is that it started out as maybe someone suggesting in a pitch meeting that they differentiate mm-hmm. some of the uh, the red colors from one another. And then mm-hmm. I thought, wow, I bet the person who started to make cherry like bright red probably f- 70 years ago feels like a real fucking asshole right now because they should have made it cherry red, like a like a purplish red. Yeah. And now they've just fucked all the other red flavors and red flavors are the best flavors. I agree. So I'm going to bet this conversation, ha- the pitch happened at someone that worked for nerds. Because <laughs> nerds is my first memory of blue candy. Yeah. Definitely a fucking nerd. And put and push pops. Oh, definitely. But those were like they were called uh sky sky blue. Sky blue was before blue raspberry. They had sky blue flavor things? Yeah, sky and blue. And it still snowballs. tasted like and it still tasted like raspberry-ish. No, it was just a blue candy flavor. What's blue candy flavor? Sky blue. Babe, that's so confusing. I'm I'm intrigued, and I'd like to, for someone to send me flavor samples from the '90s. Most I, of those flavors, like there were uh, the bot, I think they were called not bottle rockets, but I think they were called USA or some was red, white, and blue. Oh, bomb pops. Bomb pop. Yeah. The three different colors, all the same flavor. Yeah. So I think a lot of it's kind of like a candy corn of popsicles, but sometimes you can get a really high end bomb pop, and that lemon in the middle tastes exactly like lemon. See, I gotta go where you're going. We Maybe gotta go. If I they mean... have those at clubs, I'll go with you to a club to get one of those. Honey, love well, I'm it. I'm sticking to cotton candy for now. <laughs> um, so we're going to South by Southwest in a couple weeks, which is perfect because this will air just around then. We're oh, going perfect. next week. And people can come see you. You're doing a panel for Comedy Central. Look it up online, people. We don't know. It's for Sundance. Oh, for Sundance. Know what it's called. Yeah, just look it up on the internet. Google Derek Waters South by Southwest 2015. I'm sure something good will come up. Legalize it. Yeah. Legalize it. Mm -hmm. It's all about legalizing (laughs) cotton candy and uh, elementary. South by Southwest panels. Uh huh. Um, uh, You've been to Austin before. Our favorite show. You and I've never been to Austin. Never together. I lived there for a little bit. You vacationed there a little bit. I Mm. mean, mine, I didn't really live there. I had an extended (laughs) vacation that I refer to as living there because I wish more than anything I had the power to be a renegade like that. Like, Mm. fuck the industry. I don't care. I'm going to go move to Austin, Texas for three, like three months or something. But I didn't do that. It's a perfect place to go to get away and still be involved in things that you like. Yeah, Sarah Kale Chips. Um, that's how she saved in my phone. She was my masseuse artist, or whatever you call them. She was my masseuse. Sarah Kale Chips, everyone. And she made kale chips and also was a singer-songwriter. And that's what it's kind of cool Why about Austin. Why isn't Sarah a singer-songwriter? I feel like that's what she would like to be known as. Well, I'm just saying, like, she was trying chip. to get it. Is she her was... first single, Kale Chips? <laughs> Sarah Kale yeah. Chips. Yeah, but I, I think it is actually Hummus her is company is album. called Sarah's Kale. So you should Google Sarah Kale because, uh, yeah, I think that she I think that she would appreciate a little bit of three years late plugs from me at this point. Um, she's probably gone bankrupt and is living back with her parents. I don't know. I but, can't hear. Yeah. Um, she can hear. She can't. She can't hear. Right. Even if she did hear, I wouldn't mind. Hi, Sarah. Thanks hey, Sarah. For, Sarah gave me a, a delightful massage. Uh, when I was in Austin. That's awesome. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. Christina, what Friday was... Friday Night Lights. We were going to go to tour all the places where they film Friday Night Lights. Yes. We're, well, we are going to do that. And I also want to talk to you really quickly about a little bit of Drunk History Season 3. I know that you can't... You guys like to keep the stories on lock, the reenactments on lock. Can you just tell us, like, what narrators are going to be back this season? I know you post some to Insta- your Instagram, DW34, but... Yeah, there's a lot of new faces and some old faces. The old faces are like Jenny Slate, 
Paget Brewster, um, Mark Gagliardi, Rich Fulcher, mm-hmm. the Lincoln story. People love that one. And um, yeah, are there any other ones I'm missing? There's 39 of them. Yeah, 39 stories. That's so, and you guys have what I consider to be like, honestly, the most laborious production schedule I've ever heard of and that you guys film the narrators first. I don't know if people understand out there, like people out there understand that normally shows are made by like sectioning them off into episodes and then you work on each one at a time. So like a multicam, like you just film one in in one week. week. Uh, uh, The writing process, of course, takes longer and happens months beforehand, but it's like really just one week of production. But you guys do your narrators in um, the fall. It's like three shows. We do the narrators in the fall. And And before that, in the summer, we research the stories then assign them to narrators. So shooting the narrators, that's one show. And then the second part of the show is me going on the road and interacting with locals. And then the third part of the show, what we're doing now is the reenactment. Yeah, I, I think I like did the math last year when I was, when we because we just started dating and I didn't really know what I kind of knew. I knew what drunk history was and how to film it and everything. I knew that I understood that there was all these moving pieces, but I didn't realize that like, most shows you get a three month hiatus. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what position you are on the show, you somehow wind up getting like a three month hiatus every year. You only work nine months, but you like work like eleven months of the year, which to some people is they're probably like only eleven that's, months. That's a, I do but you don't know. I mean, this dude, Derek, you work like a like you you work like a dog. Like I'm so proud of you. You're so good at your job. <laughs> like Marnie the dog, you work like what? Marnie the dog, babe. Um, thank you. All right, that was my goal. To yeah, work like a dog. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. no, but it's really it's, impressive. It's fun work, though. And we That's were the talking should be. last night, kind of about I think like how at the club. I, well, last night when we were at the club, I we were waiting on the Uber. It's so out hard on to the hear curb. you. Yeah, yeah, we were uh, just right off sunset there, and um, I said to you, you know, you always really impress me with the way that you make decisions in your career like I've gotten to witness this from without knowing you beforehand gotten to witness this like behind the scenes your decision making process etc and I'm just always impressed that you always stand by your beliefs regardless of the things that are at stake so like you you could have the opportunity to make a lot more money if you did this or like this could be technically quote unquote bigger if you did it with this person instead of that person but you always choose the thing that's going to make you the most happy, which I think is really, really an important lesson for people to learn because it's so easy to just start selling out and doing whatever comes your way. Because as you said last night, if you think with your brain before your heart, your brain is always going to pick going to money. But my question is this, because I think that this is a really interesting balance is that when you can't, you don't have the luxury of being able to do everything with your heart and you're struggling and you need to make a paycheck, like what is the line and when of, of where you, like, you know, you don't cross. Well, I, uh, I, I disagree because I think broke or rich, you can always think with your heart. It doesn't mean what you're going to do is going to like, you know, you don't have as many choices when you're broke, but I think any decision you can say like, okay, I got to do this shitty job, but in my heart, I know it's going to lead me to this thing that is bigger. Right. And, but okay. So let's say like you're new out here. Cause I feel like I do hear people that have this weird attitude sometimes out here where they're like, I'm not going to do some like Chipotle commercial. And it's like, no, actually you'd be really fucking lucky to do a Chipotle commercial. Like there's a lot of people that try really hard for that. And that's it's just a means to an end if you want to be an actor in this business and just get over it i'm i'm over me not getting the chipotle commercial i wish you would like let me go derek i just feel like we'd be in a different place in life right now if you'd taken the my chipotle character commercial. chip chipotle is long gone from my memory i don't need to play him anymore it's like an extra dollar for guacamole now that's, that's what- hot that was my line <laughs> now that's hot speaking of super hot Christina Lopez got burnt on a pizza before that which leads me to my question of the week what is your homeopathic slash you never got to with a question you were setting up yeah I did my question that I was setting up for you was the brain and the heart yeah I I wanted to know when there's and you you said even when there is a line 
between uh, or even when you don't have a choice, you still have to turn down things that your heart doesn't see it leading to what you need, which right. is sometimes, I guess, the paycheck. Sometimes, yeah. Did I answer your question? I don't know if I did. I think you did answer my question, but I also think that my question was somewhat of a trick question and that I think that we all <laughs> and and just that like it's a really difficult thing to answer like but you can't lose if you think with your heart first you have to obviously make money to survive but if your choices are all based off of money then you're that's you're never going to be happy at the same time you can't be too like that though because then sometimes there's people in a position where it's like they're snubbing their nose at like commercial actors like actors who take commercials like they don't want to be seen in a commercial when they don't realize that like no everyone has to make like that check like everyone that's why people do that it's not yeah. because they're sellouts or like if you have there's a fine line between artistry and I being loved a every moron. commercial I ever did except for one that I don't think you know about I was like 21 or 22 and 20 I got, fun I was 20 fun and uh I got a um axe deodorant commercial babe yeah. You never told me about this. Listen to how Molly's uh, enthusiasm will sizzle out here. So, um, yeah, I thought it was great, you know? And the audition was like, I'm this guy who just came back from college, and we're about to get a family photo with everyone at a reunion. And they're like, oh. And uh, someone's like, Derek, this is your second cousin, Susie. And I'm like, oh, hey, nice to meet you. And then oh, she- I think I remember this and then she just like starts making out with me and like getting on top of me and i'm like pushing her off i told you the story no i think i remember this commercial it and never like, what a demented it, never aired. <laughs> it was only on the internet and then i was on that sitcom so i had money and i was like never that will never be on tv because of this is i got it and at the audition the director's like can you wait outside here for a second and he had the girl I auditioned with, wait too, and she's like, "That was awkward," and I was like, "Yeah," I don't, and uh, I was like, "Well, just so you know, like, I'm not gonna do anything like in this, like, you know, the whole thing is that she's attacking me." Yeah. And she goes, "No, I know." She's like, "How old are you?" And I was 21 because I said 21. Oh, I'm 16, and I was like, <laughs> that made me feel really uncomfortable. And then when I got it, they said. I asked them, I said, will you make sure the girl that got it's name isn't Shira? Because I asked that girl's name. Yeah. Shira. How can you forget Shira? You just can't. You're right. I'm like significantly less enthused by this story than I was when it began. Like, I don't know, something about a 16-year-old girl named Shira pouncing on my boyfriend. So Shira didn't get it, but another 16-year-old did. Uh-huh. And I didn't have any money. That's I needed, appropriate. I needed to get this commercial. Uh-huh. Or I needed the money. And we were doing it. And it was really low budget. And I remember the girl, the actress's mom was coming up to me. And she's like, just so you know, her her boyfriend wants to murder you. And I was like, I want to murder myself. You think God, I want to be I can so this- imagine some tacky stage mom. First of all, A, is standing up for her 16-year-old daughter's <laughs> high school boyfriend. Second of all, like walking up to the actor on set being like, just FYI. Like she's with, like I literally hate that mother but anyway continue so the the ending of it was that it was really low budget and i had to wear my own clothes and the (laughs) director whispered something to the actress on the last takes and she giggled and i was like oh god i know something something's going on here so they call action she starts like smelling my ear then licking my ear which was different um and then throwing me on the ground which wasn't different but was different was her ripping my shirt open which was my shirt with buttons flying in the air and started licking my chest and i was grabbing her head and pushing it away and the director's like oh that was great thanks for being a sport Derek." and i go you're a dick because he knew the fucking girl was underage and that was just really disturbing and then I and she ripped her shirt. And the old lady playing my grandmother yeah, that's goes. Actually, yeah, that's Derek, really. Derek, I found one of your buttons. I go, thank, <laughs> thanks, Grandma. Hollywood then, is deeply inappropriate. As, I think that's what we can take from this. As I was asking the uh, costume designer to help me with uh, putting my 
buttons, buttons back on. on. <laughs> oh, she honey. gave me a half hour speech on how guys need to learn how to sew. And I was just like, all right. It's the best day of your life is what yeah. you're saying. That's why I always wear 16 year old, a 16 year old <laughs> jumping on you. Someone giving you a sewing lesson and a berating at the same time. Well, I really love this. Now that's X. Um, okay. Well, uh, later we're going to talk about the televised gangbang. I did. I hope that's okay with you. No um, no, but right now we're going to take our calls. You ready? Mm-hmm. You know what we do here. Thanks. You've done the show. Mm-hmm. All right. See you in there. Hey, Malls. Um, this is Paige. I'm uh, 23 years old from Sacramento. Um, so I'm calling because um, I'm trying to get into the comedy scene. I've um, taken Improv 101 and kind of realized I'm not really an actor. I'm kind of better at being myself. Um, so I want to get into the stand-up um, uh, I want to get into doing stand-up, so I have been writing some, like, stories and jokes and things for a while now, um, but most of it concerning the fact that I am a 23-year-old virgin, so <clears throat> I have <clears throat> some funny stories, including um, getting my first kiss at 21 years old in a bar from a dude that was pretending to be deaf. So, you know, um, crazy, stupid stuff like that. Anyways, so I'm um, kind of nervous because um, a lot of the material I have is quite personal. A lot of it's embarrassing. Um, And I'm a pretty shy person. Um, I only kind of, it takes me a while to warm up people and um, like getting up in front of people and saying these things in a stand-up kind of situation is terrifying to me. Um, And so I was just wondering um, any advice you would have, like you being a public figure, like what maybe I should or should not share or how to be more comfortable on stage, how to be um, more myself when performing and trying not to be embarrassed by hopefully these funny and relatable stories. Um, So... Any advice you have would be greatly appreciated. Um, And also, I am still trying to date, and so I don't know if, like, sharing these things would help or hinder that. Um, So any advice you would have would be totally appreciated. Thank you so much, and I hope to hear from you soon. All right, thanks. Um, Okay, so first of all, I just want to say that – I, your call made me uncomfortable in its subject matter. And that, like, it's just a little bit, you feel a little bit squeamish hearing about the sexual adventures or misadventures of a young girl, um, no matter, kind of no matter what the situation. But um, I think that if you commit to the bit and you're really into it and you own it and this situation that you're in, it could be really funny. Uh, you just need to commit to it because being non-committal about, you know, I don't think 23 is an egregious age to be a virgin. Um, I don't think 21 is an egregious age to get your first kiss. I think that some people just are late bloomers, but you got to be the late bloomer girl um, or really own that or just stay away from it because you being uncomfortable with it is going to make everyone else uncomfortable. Um, My other note is just in terms of dating, be yourself. Like you cannot tailor your stand-up routine to the the ideals of a person you are not yet dating. So uh, just be yourself. Put uh, put the material out there that you believe in and that you think is funny, and and don't worry about finding a guy that's going to like be okay with that because you'll never know if you don't. Yeah, yeah. I'd say to Paige that she should just take care of yourself. Don't worry about comedy. And I feel like. There's stand-ups that do therapy on stage and the good ones you can't tell that they're doing therapy. And uh, it seems like all the things that concern you seem like therapy and not funny. You don't you don't want to get sad when you're watching a stand-up. And I think therapy is 
a better place than like going to the improv. And it does sound like that that is a funny situation, like her making out with a, a guy who was pretending to be deaf for the first time. But I feel like that also elicits a lot of awkward giggles that might make her. Yeah, I would like to hear believe. how how she believed he was actually deaf, and then how he was like, "Hey, I was just kidding. I wasn't really deaf." And I'd also like to hear the authenticity of the responses that she gets from people. Because to me, I want to like, I would giggle at that nervously, but I would not genuinely be like, "Man, that was like that really like put the nail in the virgin coffin for me." Like, I finally like brought a brought a fresh new take on virginism to my life. Like that's what you you're, you know, what you're talking about is something that everyone goes through in some capacities. So it needs to be more than just like a deaf guy. Like what about you is funny in relation to the fact that you're a virgin? Right. Is there a reason that you, you're not a virgin? Like, are you on a quest that you never wanted to have sex or is there, I think Paige has to find her voice. Yeah, I agree. And, um, yeah. And by all means, if like you are so desperate for material that you have to start selling yourself out, this might not be the right thing for you. If you're having questions about talking about your virginity because you feel like that's your like hook, line and sinker, I got them with the fact that I'm a 23 year old virgin, LOL. Yeah, like, she said she did improv classes and it made her feel uncomfortable. So maybe this should be a book and she doesn't, it's okay to right. not be comfortable in front of people but still like want to have a voice like seems like I would write a book or at least a blog at least a blog which is just as good as a book these days get your words out and hear a reaction if you're not comfortable being in front of people I always say like start one of those anonymous Twitter accounts like just start a Twitter account where you're like the 23 year old virgin and like tweet from that and just see like I mean that's my. If you don't have to put your name on it, then I, it is Derek's handle, but maybe you can buy it out from under him so we can go to the club finally. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, <laughs> I, I do think that like when you're young and struggling and trying to figure stuff out, things are already so hard. You don't need to be putting information outside, about yourself out there needlessly, Yeah, especially when it's something as personal as And it seems like she's struggling with it and it's not going to get cured doing uh, stand-up. It's going to get... She has to cure it and then to make jokes about it. Right. Absolutely. Who's here to tell you what to do? We don't know. Do what you want to do. You will anyway. Thanks for calling, Paige. All right. I'm not really sure when I discovered the ICP Juggalo community, but I kind of got on board. I don't know. I was like 15 or something. And um, they had an album come out. There was a song on it called The Netting Game. We all used to listen to it in high school. And I kind of got into it. And then I was like, you know, I was not into it. And I did not live that life. And right before it got like, I don't know, of course, always. I'm always a year ahead. You just have to like come and see my life because whatever I'm doing is what you're going to be doing next year. But like I was really into ICP and kind of like the online community that was happening for with the Insane Clown Posse and all the Juggalo stuff that was going on online. I found a great community of Juggalos on Twitter. And then all this stuff came out about them being like women haters and people started hating on the Miracles video. People wanted to make fun of them. And I kind of got really defensive because I really support subcultures and I support people that feel not included. I, I support people that go out of their way to find like-minded people. Even if I don't necessarily agree with all of the things that they're saying, I support people going out and finding other like-minded people. So I had like a fundamental issue with like the New York times asking the members of insane clown posse, like what their deal was, because I was like, they've been around for like 13 years and we're only asking them this now because they have a viral video and like, if you want to make fun of their subculture on like a wide level, that's like not okay. You're not genuinely asking because you're interested. You're asking because you think they're freaks. And I don't think, and I think that's the whole reason why they found each other in the first place. They felt like they weren't included and they felt like freaks. And I'm not okay with that. I take great, I take great issue with making people who already have the odds against them, no matter what their beliefs, no matter what it is, if there is a group of people that already have the odds against them and you make them feel worse about themselves, I think you're a piece of shit. So I'm not about that. And so what I wanted to do was get a juggalo on here. He's a really great guy. I really want to hear back from him. I want to keep this dialogue going because I think Derek asked some really key questions that kind of 
unlocked some things about the juggalo culture, uh, specifically what, you know, I think we all know someone like this. I think we all know someone who feels the way that this person feels, whether we agree with them or not, at least it's all being channeled. Okay. That's how like Columbine happens is when you don't have a hobby. So these people have a fucking hobby and I'm happy for them saying so happy for them excited this is my call with the juggalo that I found off Craigslist and he's great and we had to keep it short just so you know he has limited cell phone minutes so it's short sweet effective hey what's up okay so um nothing my name is Molly what's your name my name is Fred but I go by the boy blue Okay, I was going to ask what your juggalo name is. For anyone at home who's not sure, we have a juggalo on the line today. Uh, you're a real-life juggalo. We found you off Craigslist. Is that correct? Yeah, I hit you guys up. I saw your Craigslist ad. Yeah, basically, I just wanted to reach out and find a great juggalo to come speak to me and my guest. We have Derek Waters here from Drunk History. And I'm very familiar with the juggalo community. I'm a big supporter of you guys. I really think that having a subculture, something that you feel passionate about, is really important. Derek knows less about you guys, but I know that Derek's also into really passionate people. So um, I just want to know kind of why you're a juggalo and what you think is the most important thing about the juggalo lifestyle. Well, at first, it's kind of the music, you know, that draws you in, and you're a fan of the music, you know, and that that's the most thing at heart, usually, but then you, you know, get into the family, you know, we always say we're not a gang, we're a family, and, um, you know, just a whole message about bettering yourself and finding God and stuff like that, it's kind of like the cult, you know, it is a little cultish, but... Um, we do try to be open-minded. You know, there's different jugglers that are in the different religions and don't believe in the more cultish aspects of it. Like, you know, the Dark Carnival is a god to some jugglers, you know. That's how devoted some fans are, you know. Boy Blue, uh, this is uh, Derek Waters. Uh, how you doing? Yo. Yo. Uh, when did you realize, when did you become Boy Blue? Oh, How uh, old were you? Boy Blue, but... I've been boy blue before I was a juggalo. Oh. Actually. Yeah. Yeah, so that's not a juggalo name. I got you. Do you have yeah, a juggalo I, name? I got, it, I got it off the party line like when I was really young. I love boy blue. That's a great name. Wait, was there were... anyone that inspired you to become a juggalo? Uh, well, a friend got me into it. Uh, he burnt me a mix CD like shortly after the rape Shangri-La dropped. And he said, or uh, he made me a mix and everything, and you know, and then I downloaded a whole bunch of songs and everything, you know, and um, you know, I thought that was a good time to get into being a juggalo. It was right after the rates dropped, and they said that the carnival was God, and they all jugglers find them, and so that was already out in the open, because a lot of jugglers dropped the hatchet after that, you know, and stopped claiming juggalo. Stuff, but that's besides the point. I'm sorry. You're carrying uh, that hatchet. I wait. Just one quick question, though, about that whole rape stuff. We have a largely female audience, and we skew kind of liberal. And I just was wondering, like, I, I personally, my experience within the juggalo community has only been love, pure love, all the way, mad motherfucking clown love, if you will. But at the same time, like, I know that there's all this like stuff out there about the juggalo community being very hateful and violent towards women. What do you think about that? Well, you see the music draws in a crazy crowd and there's crazy lyrics that you can find that will, you know, say that, you know, like talking about um, domestic violence or, you know, and murders is the obvious one. And, um, you know, everything under the sun they talk about, but it's not to be like that. You know, and they talk about homosexuals and everything, you know, but they're actually open to, you know, uh, like the whole thing how they were against um, racists and Southerners and Scientists. You know, it's like nowadays they're more open to people and ideas and stuff, but they don't, they're, they're still against the main things, you know. <laughs> yeah. There's just that, that's the message in the music. You know, not to 
be a pedophile or a racist and uh, or hate on someone for their sexual orientation or something like that. But they have been known to talk about these things in lyrics. What are, what's something uh, a juggalo like yourself stands for that you want more people to know about? Oh, just the message in the music and the family. If you could really. give, if you could give one message right now that you think more people need to hear, that is that is pure juggalo and pure boy blue. What would it be? It's not just entertainment. You know, there's more to it. Dig deeper. Mm-hmm. And could you just elaborate on that? Like, what do you mean by that, that it's not just entertainment? The, the entertainment, the craziness of it all draws you in, but then hopefully you find the message of the Dark Carnival and you better yourself. Okay. You know, you like how not to be a rapist. Yeah, don't be a racist. Don't beat your woman. Don't overdo drugs and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what is, you've been to the gathering, I assume, right? I have not. Okay, okay. Do you do you plan on going this year or anything? Not this year. It'd take a miracle, you know. I'm trying to pull maybe a boy blue fund, you know, tell people to donate, but I don't want to seem like a beggar and asking the family for help, you know, and everything. I want to do that on my own, you know. Everyone, they say that you need to make the Mecca journey to the gathering at least once in your lifetime if you're a juggalo, you know what I'm saying? It's like the mecca of juggalo. Yeah, that's how I feel about Bonnaroo, yeah. 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 Well, you know what, dude? I know we don't want to... I know you said you got limited cell phone minutes. I don't want to cut into that, but I just want to say that you've been really awesome to talk to. We would love to have you back on because I'm sure that people are going to have more questions and you know i'm all about no matter what your message is i'm all about being having an opportunity to defend your cause and i think that i've just been a real supporter of you guys just finding each other because i know that to people that are in the family you guys have been a great source of support for one another a lot of you are are people in your local area that probably don't have a lot of like-minded friends and i think that the community has been great for you um and some of the stuff you're saying some of it is i think really good um, so thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, look up, yeah. look up the boy blue on YouTube. The boy blue on YouTube. The yep. boy blue on YouTube. <laughs> without without yep. giving your identity, uh, you are East Coast. Am I wrong? Am I what? East Coast. East Coast time. Yeah. I know. But what, what state? I know your I know your accent. I'm in uh, Delaware, actually, the Diamond State. It's raining diamonds in Delaware. Oh, it's raining diamonds in Delaware. Rain right like a diamond. All right, baby. Splash yourself in Fago and have a good day. Love you. Thanks, Boy Blue. Love you, too. Thanks for having me, y'all. Much clown love. Woo-woo. Much clown love. Woo-woo. Hatchet. Down for the clown. Thank you. Bye, babe. Great call, right? Aren't we glad we learned? I'm glad I learned. It's a lot of new stuff, a lot of new information, a lot of same information that it never hurts to hear. Love that. Love our differences. Love ourselves. Guys, next call. Hey, Molly. I'm a longtime fan of your blogging. Are they still calling it that? Anyway, big fan. I love your pod. Question. I am planning a wedding, and I'm trying to do it on the cheap. Uh, I want to do City Hall, but, like, everyone's family is pissed off about that. So the option that we came up with was to do a brunch wedding, like 1130 noon. There will be booths there. It will be a normal wedding, but it will be, like, half the price. And a bunch of my friends have led me to believe that that's, like, totally inconsiderate. Uh, Inviting people to an afternoon wedding that early is, like, to your guests. Is that shitty? If there's food and booze there and we'll be done by five, like, don't really get it. But uh, what do you guys think about that? Thanks. Yes, they still call it blogs. And no, that is not at all shitty. That's not at all shitty. Derek, what do you think? Mm -mm. It's your wedding. And also, like, I guess if you were maybe saying, like, okay, we're going to do a destination brunch and everyone has to fly to Mexico and then everyone has to be up at 11 a.m. Well, for my convenient. wedding. It's afternoon. Yes, it's early afternoon. Everyone, everyone loves can... City Hall. Yeah. Well, they're, she's not doing the City Hall thing because her family was upset about it. They're just doing, they're doing a service slash brunch wedding for the reception as opposed to what I guess her friends is, are expecting, which is like a $100,000 affair 
where they're like blowing out the bar till five in the morning. You don't need those kinds of friends there anyway. That's what I think. I think that if there's anyone that's like not, I mean, we have, I have some friends that are both from extraordinary wealth and their lunch, their luncheon slash wedding was like literally just at a park in Pasadena with their dog and it was them and some picnic baskets and about 30 close friends and a little bit of family and it was really low key and like it doesn't matter if why you're doing this there's all different types of weddings and all of them are to be respected and I mean as long as we all agree that they're under the right terms right yeah I mean she's the bride it's her day so like her friends should just care that she's happy not that they're pleased. What is it that they're not getting like buck wild at an open bar till two in the morning? I mean, I almost prefer like a daytime wedding because then you have like time to recover from like the amounts, like the massive amounts of alcohol that you consume. Everyone else wants to have like one of those five day weddings with like days and days of activities ahead, which I think can be really, really fun. I think that that can be fun if you're going to a destination and it's already a trip and you're doing it. But if, like, this is a pop-up on the calendar, like, we're having a wedding, like, it's just we're going to do, like, an intimate brunch and kind of keep things simple, like, per our financial situation, which I don't even think you need to explain to anyone because, as I said, like, some of the richest people I know got married at a gazebo in Pasadena for free. Um, but, yeah, I uh, I just – I think that you probably just don't invite those people. <laughs> yeah. You just have to make your own wedding. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, it's a fun day wedding. You get to wear a short dress, I bet. A short white dress, which is cute. Very Day fun. wedding to me Very says... Very fun. Yeah, you get to wear a fun, flirty, mm-hmm. legs, legs optional sort of thing, which I, I mean, I really want to show my legs at my wedding, you know? Like, I, I that's my life goal. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that you're going to have a great day and fuck anyone who's not about it. I've heard of weddings where they have you, like, fly down and then, like, they're Baptists, so they only give one glass of wine to each person because, like, technically they don't even want to be giving you that and, like... You're stuck in like a hot. I mean, you said there's an open bar. You said there's free food. I'm I'm sure that someone's gonna have an iPod going on a speaker thing. Yeah, like, that's all should, you need. People just like need to accept like getting invited to a wedding is a big deal, and just take what you're given. You're being Don't asked. Worry about your yes, friends. 100%. You're being asked to witness two people like join. It is a big deal. It's a big deal to even make the cut to be invited to a wedding. My only fear with her is that she might have a brother or sister and they had a different kind of wedding because I don't know why she'd be reacting like this to friends. I feel like someone in her family had a bigger wedding and she feels like maybe she's being cheap. But it could be that her friend matter. group are marrying more financially stable people or that they're more financially stable or that they have more money to, you know, not everyone wants that big, like $300,000 wedding. Not everyone wants that big thing. Like some people just want like... I just want to be with this person. And so for them, if they don't have that money to begin with, why go into debt trying to like afford like the wedding we saw in Vanderpump Rules? Like Sheena kind of, she kind of had to sell her soul to the devil for that wedding. And just in that there was like signage and there was like all these things that I was just like, oh, like it's not worth the free. Now you're talking my language. It's not the, and I don't even know if she's going to come out. The song that Sheena wanted wasn't being played. I have to wait till the next episode to see if she came out. That that actually that cliffhanger did kill that you. That made me go. I'm I can't get into this shit because I'm getting really upset. You spent a week That's wondering stupidity. is Sheena gonna stupid be- shit. I cannot get upset about. But and you- that show is stupid shit. That I got upset about. Vanderpump rules. That's Vanderpump you, rules. You but in you Miami, that smart. one girl, is it Sheena? No, no Stassi. I was like, that girl's a fucking bitch. You said Stassi's the devil. Well, she admitted she was the devil. Yeah. And I was like, oh, she's the worst. And I love that about you. And also, I love, you had very specific commentary on each of the girls. You like Sheena. You thought Kristen was kind of like, just like toxic. And then you thought Stassi was the devil. You had zero commentary on the guys except for Jax, which is, by the way, the exact right reaction. Jax was the like meathead that Stassi was like fighting with. Oh, that guy's a tool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the one that um said that uh show me a pretty girl and I'll show you a guy that's tired of banging her or something. Yeah. You were really upset by that. Yeah, you were like, what a fucking idiot. That's human garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so... Anyway, sorry. Uh, She didn't leave her name, but she sounds very sweet, and I wish you a really great wedding. And like what we were saying earlier, it ain't about money, it's about being happy. Yeah. I want to 
ask you guys, like, what, do you, what in your opinion, makes a really great w- wedding? A, a style, to me, uh, something that says the couple, like, it's authentic to the relationship and caters to being thankful for their friends and I 100% agree. So wherever it is, whether it's in the woods or wherever, you do something that just says, like, this is who they are and this is who they love and everyone's thankful for the other people being there. Like Boy Blue at my wedding. Boy Blue! Yeah. Best man. No, I I had a hairdresser who asked me, and she's like, you want to get married in the woods? I was like, is that like gross and weird that I want to get married in the woods? She's like, oh, like Twilight? And I was like, she's like, I know that's really romantic. So like she was just, I, I realized eventually that every question she asked, she just sounded like she was really offended. Yeah. I had to start to realize that it, I had to depersonalize from her. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was like really like, oh my God, maybe I should rethink my whole life. Um, you know, the only Twilight reference I know is when I went to the grocery store the other night, I bought garlic, uh, uh, what is the oil that I cook in? Rice vinegar. Yeah, rice vinegar with gar- garlic, and I was getting it, and the Ralph's uh, employee was like, at least I know you're not a vampire. <laughs> and I didn't know what that meant. And then I told Molly, she's like, oh, that's a Twilight reference. No, I said that vampires are allergic to garlic. Okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's, but that's, see, I guess that's kind of a Twilight reference, How? that there's vampires. That's a werewolf. Nice of you. There's also to those see. too, I think. Um, all right. Well, let's take our next call. Have a fun wedding, though. Next call. Hey, my name is Rose. Um, I am from New Jersey, and I have questions about visiting LA. Next week, um, I am planning on going to this beach house that I rented out with my friends for a week, and I have questions as to where I should go, where I should stay away from, and just where I should like where I should get the ship base slash have a good time you know I have a lot of friends that skateboard and a lot of friends that are into music and you know they they live out there but you know I just want to know where I should stay away from where I should go so either um, give me a call back or just let me know curious alright Woo. NJ to LA I, oh it's uh... gonna be fun fun in the sun sun you gotta go to Disneyland. Don't forget Universal. Go down Mahalan. Real nice drive. Make sure you check out a boo boo Saddle Ranch. Oh, honey, killing it with that song. Um, mm-hmm. I will throw out that she did say she's planning on going. She's renting a beach house. That to yeah. me says she's gonna be in Venice, Santa Monica area. Um, it could be Long Beach, but I'm thinking Venice, Santa Monica. Not First Malibu. Of all, girl, you're gonna. No, I I don't think. This caller from New Jersey is renting a house in Malibu for the week. Just because she's a skater? No, because I don't know anyone that has the uh, financial means to rent a house in Malibu for a week, which can cost up to $2 million. Um. How do we let her know to listen to this? How It didn't sound like she knew. She, she doesn't. Said, like, it sounds back. like she never. Oh, no, she left her number. I know, but is she expecting us no, to call her asked, back? No, but we asked them. We asked people. She's called them before, too. Oh. Their call yeah. back. Oh, yeah. Would she ask? Um, she had a question about uh, how to get into writing. Yeah. Oh. Like how to oh, be a writer. So she's making. Let's think about that. She's making a turn for the good. I think she's it's coming great. out to just visit and what things to do. She should go to UCB. She should do things that, like, are fun like that. You need to rent a car if you're going to come here and then want to leave Santa Monica, Venice area because that's easily an hour to two hours by bus. I just want to give you a realistic thing of that because I know what it's like to be young, go on vacation, not realize that you need a car to get around where you're at. Yeah. Rollerblades ain't going to work, honey. People don't always budget that in. So if you need to rent a car, do that. I think that if you want to go check out UCB, I think you should check out the new theater on Sunset. Yep. There's going to be a lot of shows going on there. Just check the fucking website, girl. Uh, If she likes writing, she should just look up all the shows that are going on and stay. Well, she said, tell me what to stay away from. I would stay. I would stay away from a lot of the typical touristy attractions. I mean, it depends on what you're doing. Except for City Walk. I love City Walk. City Walk, I would actually do the Hollywood Boulevard Walk of Fame thing before I ever did City Walk. Oh, I know. I was just kidding. Do you agree, though? Yes. Yeah. Like, I think that there is value to doing something touristy like that. Hollywood uh, Boulevard up to Griffith Park Observatory. 
Mm-hmm. It's a great trip. Yeah. Um, there's a gay bar called Roosterfish. Um, oh, gay bar Roosterfish. Roosterfish in Venice. I don't know if you're gay or if you're going to be staying in Venice, but, but if bar. you are gay and you're going to be staying in Venice, Roosterfish is fun. Um, there's great dining in Venice and Santa Monica. Not really so much. Like, there's a going out scene there as well. Sunny McLean's. It's a Boston bar, but you're from Jersey, so that's probably of no interest to you. But if this young lady has called in about writing and then she's calling about coming out here, I think maybe to give her advice of, like, the people that she should meet or, you know, she should go to places where she could probably afford to get an apartment to move out here. Doesn't it seem like? I think it sounds like she's coming here for a week with her friends and she wants to tear shit up. I think she wants, I don't, I don't know if she wants to tear shit up, but I will say that I think there's also there as while there's value in going to things like UCB, which I would hope at this point, that's obvious to you that like, I think you should go explore your desire to be in the arts when you're in, have an opportunity to do that. When she should come to my rave club, we we're so raving. Uh, yeah, she should come to, But I think that it's also just important to, uh, if you do want to eventually move out here, I didn't get that that's what your uh, end goal might be here. But I uh, think if you do want to move out here, it's also important to kind of see what everyday living would be like here. I think that that's important whenever you go on a vacation to experience the place you're going to is see a little bit what like a slice of everyday living is like there. Totally. And uh, I think walking around venice and santa monica if you're staying there like you kind it's kind of built for what it sounds like you're asking like there's just bars people art street art not some of the finer shit that you'll see but it's fun Fun. so yeah yeah Yeah. and that's what it sounds like i mean i to me that's what it sounded like she wanted but i don't know i think this girl just wants to have fun yeah maybe and maybe a final draft software program hell yeah yeah Come out here, get Final Draft. Um, hang out in the La Brea Tar Pit. These are all things you don't have to do. They're just fun. Cotton candy makes me happy. I love oh, cotton candy. I know, and that's why we got it. <laughs> Diet starts Monday. <laughs> all right, so of course we love your calls at 323-450-7408. They're what makes our show possible, but we also accept emails from you guys. Or voice notes. If you guys want to record like a voice memo on your phone and just email us at askpleaseadvise at gmail.com, we will get back to you. We're going to do a quick letter right now. We have one right here from a gal that's in a little bit of stress, a stressful time. She's in distress. She writes, hey, malls. My name is Kelsey and I am 27, exclamation point. Important to note, by the way, that there's an exclamation point at the bottom of, or at the end of almost every sentence. She's excited. In this email. Okay. So I'll start over. Hey, malls, exclamation. My name is Kelsey and I am 27. Big fan of the pod, girl. I will start out by saying I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan, like member of the fan club big. I bought tickets for her show a year in advance. See, I'm crazy. My best friend from high school and college called and asked me to be in her wedding on the same fucking day last week. Now, we were very close like five years ago, but she moved out of state and we don't really talk. I told her that I would need to think about it because I already had tickets for the concert. She freaked, like passively bashed me on Facebook and said I was never a true friend. So because of this, I'm obviously going to see Taylor. I am so over it. Do I need to address this or can I just never talk to her again? Please advise. Whoa. I would never talk to her again. It's great to hear from another Swifty. <laughs> Very relatable. I had the same problem seeing Swift. Same time, uh, my uh, grandfather's funeral, and I didn't know which one to do. Right. So I just brought his ashes with me to Taylor Swift. Yeah. I asked him, why'd you have to you be You put so his mean? name in that blank space, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A little bit of that. You guys never go out of style. Mm-hmm. I'm just referencing the current album because I'm not oh. really like... I only know Mean. Mean? That's my favorite song. That's you do? a fucking great song. No, you actually did have a legit fanboy reaction when you found out that Taylor was going to be on the same episode of Seth Meyers with you. Yeah, I think she's really cool. You I were mean, like, I she's th- a real songwriter. And I was like, yeah, I get it. Like, I was like, good. I was like, okay, I did awesome. not put an exclamation point. No, you weren't, you weren't I was doing... Like, I resp- I'm not going to say I have any of her albums, maybe a couple of singles. Yeah. But I uh, think it's great when someone... Male, female, young, or old is writing their own material. 
I agree. But I then agree. she had to jump the Katy Perry sound, and I don't like that new sound. You think that she jumped Katy Perry's sound? That's a well, huge statement. Well, like there's one sound with different words right now in new music, and I think that she's joining the club instead of being on her own like she was before. Wow, that is everyone huge. in the I Swifties. Think that's a huge statement. Everyone in the Swifties agrees with me. You see, I, I see. To me, I see her like growing up, and I don't know. I haven't really followed Taylor's career, and I do love country music. I have a place in my heart for country music, but I see her growing up and being exposed to like she lives. She lives in New York now. She's being exposed to a lot of different artists, different cultures, different things. I feel like she just is naturally expanding. And sure, while her sound is very commercial. Her sound before was also very commercial, but just on the country charts. Now she's doing something that's more universally mm-hmm, commercial. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I think that's true. I think uh, new country is just pop now. I'm Taylor but, over over Katie. Yeah. But wait, what was Kelsey's question? What is she? Wh- oh, so she's skipping. So this girl, like, last minute low-key invited her to her wedding. Yeah. Okay. She's but skipping she, Taylor Swift for the wedding. No. No, what happened is, is that this girl bought tickets to Taylor Swift a year in advance. Then this girl was like, hey, FYI, I'm getting married in, a, in like two weeks. And then Kelsey was like, oh, um, I actually have Taylor Swift tickets for that night. The friend asked her to the be in the wedding. Yeah, it was like a two. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a big deal. So she said, will you be in my wedding? And the girl was like, oh, um, your wedding happens to be the same day as Taylor Swift, which I think just to call back to Chuck Ford, who was our guest last time you were on the pod, he has been telling our friends all of the Hollywood Bulls bowl dates because he doesn't want anyone getting married any of the upcoming days for the Hollywood Bowl tour. Understandable. Like, it's like, makes sense, right? Yeah. It's actually totally reasonable. But so, if you're already in the wedding, Taylor Swift is going to go around yeah. again. So, But then what happened with Kelsey... So Kelsey said, I'm going, uh, just FYI, your wedding is the same day as this Taylor Swift concert. I'm a little bit up in the air about what I do. And the girl was like, oh, you don't want to recognize my special day because of Taylor fucking Swift? And and Kelsey's kind of like, yeah, exactly. Like, I've had tickets to Taylor Swift for a year. Like, your wedding's great, psyched for you, but you're kind of late to my party. I've literally been looking forward to this every day for the last Mm. year. So now this girl started going passive aggressive on her on Facebook and started like basically like sub statusing her and being like, fuck this bitch. She's not paying attention to my wedding. So now so now Kelsey's like between a rock and a hard place because she wants to just be like, fuck it. I'm going to Taylor Swift. But then part of her is like maybe like a wedding is a very emotional occasion. So I can see how it would like elicit this strange reaction from my friend. Uh, But I, I personally, I think that like. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Because I want to be like, fuck your friend. Like anyone who doesn't understand. Like if you had Pearl Jam tickets and you had been waiting for them for an entire year, you've had them. And then one of your friends, like not, not a good friend, not a Craig, but like a really good friend. If it's just a good friend, then I wouldn't go to the wedding. But if, if I'm in the wedding, Pearl Jam will be back. I would do the weddings hopefully only happen once between a couple, you know? Here's the other thing. She could sell those Taylor tickets at a sweet, sweet markup. I, I think it's just the principle for both of them. That, I guess like, it is what's the principle, but if we have to... friendship, what? If we have to give Kelsey a little bit of, like, incentive, mama, like, you're doing the right thing, and you can make some cash, it's a win-win. And yeah. by the way, that concert is going to come out on DVD and it's really not going to be any different. Yeah. I've been to a million concerts and I can't tell you like how few cellular memories I have of them. Like there's really only been two or three concerts that have been like once in a lifetime for me. What's your biggest, what's the best concert you ever went to? It was uh, a tribute to our benefit for the tsunami at the Wiltern. Oh yeah, that was good. It was Fiona Apples, Tenacious D hosted it with Foo Fighters, Beck, Chris Rock, Will Ferrell, Eddie Vedder. Um, and then at the end, they all played together. It was the best. Shit, bitch. Why weren't we dating then? That would have been real fun for me. Sorry. My best is Bloodhound Gang at Axis in Boston. I was 15. Lift your head up and blow it your brains out. It was so fun. It was the most fun concert I've ever been to. 
Uh, I mean, I've been to a million since, but nothing gets better than that $15 You've been concert. to a million Bloodhound Gang concerts? No, a million concerts. But I wish I'd been to a million Lift Bloodhound Gang. Lift your head up high and Speaking blow of my out. wedding, I want Bloodhound Gang at my fucking wedding for like midnight when everyone's like wasted and they're like, ladies and gentlemen. We talked about Bloodhound Gang. And then everyone, that's when we start off letting the polar seltzer bottles pop off like champagne. And there's just fucking seltzer Fuck yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And Bloodhound Gang. Well, yeah. So much fun. I'm down. Yeah. I'm down for a Bloodhound Gang reunion. I love you. I love you. Thank you so much for listening to episode 32. I'm Malls. Again, my guest today is Derek Waters. You're Derek Waters with three S's? Two S's, honey. Two S's on Twitter. Did you take two out? I feel like you had four S's at one point. No, I've only had two S's in Waters. Very exotic. So Derek Waters on Twitter and then with two S's. And then you're also at DW34. You guys can watch season three of Drunk History. It's coming to you in the early fall, correct? Late Mm -hmm. summer, early fall. Um, you guys can always call us 323-450-7408. Email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your letters and your voice notes. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, we're on Facebook, all that shit. We're hosted on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash pleaseadvise. Also check out Derek in the movie Hits. It's out right now. It's really great. It's David Cross directed it and so many funny people are in it. James Adomian, Michael Sarah, and of course my lovely Derek, who I've not I've not seen you act in many things, but because I just we don't, that's not our relationship is like watching you. I'm not but, in character when we date. But you are so great in this movie and so funny. And I have to say, it's like you guys really did a good job of kind of like reinventing the wheel with the hipster jokes. Like you think like, oh, okay, it's going to be hipster humor. I get it. And then it's just James, especially, I mean, James Domian really, I thought, I feel like led the ship on that one. Mm-hmm. And he did such a great job yeah. of of leading you and Wyatt Senek through the improv scenes. That's Agreed. how you say Wyatt's name, correct? Senek. Senek? Okay. Yeah, you guys are great. But yeah. Great in the movie. David Cross hits. Rent it on iTunes. And Drunk History will come out the end of uh, summer, early fall. So I like, think. There's no official date. Okay, good. Well, we're excited for whatever it is. I have to say, literally, honestly... I'm not even just because I date you. I watch a show probably 20 times in a like before it goes to air, and I see it on air, and then I you talk with you about it, and we watch it again with family and friends, and it's it never gets old for me. It's so much fun, and I couldn't be prouder to be your girl. So I Thanks, just, I love you, I baby. Love you. Like, but also you're a really good person. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're just the best. So um, I love you, and um, our social media question of the week is. What is your cure, homeopathic, et cetera, for a burn on your hand? Christina Lopez burnt her hand taking a pizza out of the oven today. She put a bag of ice on it. I suggested she run her hand under hot water, but because I've heard that that is the homeopathic cure, but... The we hot all water get- in my apartment just takes forever to come up. So I was like, I don't have time for this. I'm in pain. I just need to dull it. And now it's, I'm fine now. Additionally, it's all kind of bullshit. Like a burn really fucking hurts. So if there is anything you can think of, because we all get those kitchen burns from time to time and are like, ah, oh, fuck, what do I do? Uh, I had one recently and it debilitated my entire left hand for a night. It's not fun. But I will say, I know there's cures. You guys have magic stuff you've all brought to me. So please bring me your wisdom. What are your homeopathic or non-homeopathic cures for home burns? I was just burns. thinking by the time this airs, I, it will be already like healed. But, but you don't know. You could get burned again. You could get, we will get burned again. Actually, that's a sad in- inevitability of life is that we will get burned again. Ooh, ooh I don't like that. Ow, um, ow. ow, ooh, ah, ow. Um, okay, so real quick, a uh, little piece of free advice. Honey, do you remember when you told me that my breath smelled like I was hungry? Mm-hmm. Okay, so today I was getting my eyebrows on fleek. I was getting them done, right? Mm, I was getting a little wax situation. And the woman who was waxing my brows had the most hungriest breath I'd ever smelled in my life. Like, and you know that smell is very specific. It smells like salted fish. In a can. Like, it smells like sardines. And she had mage sardine breath. And, like, I respect people that are in any sort of trade where it's, like, your job to be creative and your job to take the wheel in someone's life and do the dirty work, the stuff that they don't want to do. If I'm paying you $7 to wax my brows or whatever it is, like, I understand that, like, 
like you are the God in this situation. I'm just like a servant who's showing up to pay seven bucks and get my bras waxed. But fucking, if you, if your job is hovering above someone's face, brush your fucking teeth. Like take good mind to just floss to get your your whole oral situation uh, the unlocked. altoids uh, the cinnamon altoids you should just always have this is your that's your whole thing is you love the cinnamon altoids this is my whole thing and like i might my I, i'm not i'm not i'm not like breath lady like i don't examine people's breath i probably i smoke like i have bad eating habits i probably have the grossest breath in the game but like i do have to say that i do not hover above someone's face for a living ever and if i was doing that i would make sure that my oral hygiene was on point yes there are only a few things you got to do your job and respect because i was already in pain you know she's ripping hair off my face i had this the other day at the dentist oh yeah when the dentist has bad breath fucking forget it because you're in pain and then you can't breathe and they had a mask on and it was like coming through the mask like come on that was an italian sandwich it's like a hairdresser with bad hair you can't have a dentist with bad breath. Well, I mean, but everyone like, goes, eats a, he probably goes to Ralph's, eats a fucking tuna salad sandwich and lives his life. Yeah. Like the blind guy at Lens Crafter. No wonder all dentists kill themselves, you know? Not all uh, of them. Well, they're just the highest rated occupation. Yeah. I'm saying, though. Can you imagine the things that are said to dentists, like in moments of being unconscious? Like people feel so orally vi- like violated. It's probably worse than what like regular hospital nurses get on the day-to-day. Dentists probably get pretty verbally abused. Of course. Yeah. Fuck that hurts. Get the fuck out of there. Stop I back. remember they burnt a hole in my mouth to get a fucking... I had some tooth growing through the roof of my mouth when I was a kid, and they Ew. did. I know. It's part of my... or. And by the way, also, get braces. Yeah. Can I tell you this? I was so upset about this last night. You and I were talking about this. I was saying, like... Neither of our parents like were like doing super well when we were kids, but they both like struggled to afford braces for us. And like, if your parents didn't afford, uh, couldn't afford orthodontia for you, it is your job as a fucking adult to go get some braces put on your goddamn teeth because no one wants to look at your gnarly ass smile. You got to put some money into that. No, I'm sorry. You're gonna be an adult with braces. Then be an adult with braces. That is, I respect that. Okay, no one wants to look at your gnarled ass face. All right, and uh, that's all I'm saying is that you just gotta like braces, braces, braces. Oral hygiene in the service industry. Good night.